You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Ben King. It's time to talk about some pig suey Arkansas football and how Auburn is going to face up against them. Ben, how you doing? How you feeling about beating the pig sueys this this week? Uh, well, first, thank you for having me back, AJ. Yeah. Uh, Jared, appreciate you uh, going on vacation and giving me a, a <laughs> shot to shine. So thank you, sir. Um, look, this Arkansas team is much improved from the time where uh, Gus's old buddy was running the team. And if you look at the history of this rivalry, uh, this was the game that Gus Malzahn always circled because he wanted to beat Arkansas every single year. I think he did, except for like one or two, something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's not the same rivalry anymore. It's just another SEC game with our current coaching staff, which I think is great. That's how we should treat a lot of these. Uh, it is going to be a tough road test. Um, Walmart Stadium is, you know, loaded up because of the cash cow that is that retailer. And uh, it's it's not going to be an easy, easy, tough, like, environment. It's going to be hard. They'll probably have the jukebox rocking because uh, Sam Pittman loves that. <laughs> and look, Arkansas's team is actually very good. And they're yeah. going to remember last season with that ridiculous spike fumble at the end where they lost on the technicality because the referees. And I would be willing to bet that Sam Pittman plays that to the team like that play every day and, and uh, he, just to he, get them angry yeah just to get them well and also to kind of motivate them and say guys you were right there you yep. played well last year and you're even better this year and, and he's gonna tell them hey you're gonna be you're gonna be at home this this time it's gonna be you're gonna have the advantage and, and yeah Auburn's got to respond back um, like I, I kind of view this kind of as um, I mean, the spread right now is three and a half points. I kind of view this as we got to play tough and aggressive like we did against LSU just a couple weeks ago um, because the, the similar kind of things, like we know it's going to be a tough battle, but it's not something that's out of our reach. Like we can easily beat Arkansas if we play well um, and, and clean up, for example, the you know drop passes from last week. If we do that kind of stuff, it's going to be it's going to be a slugfest for sure because both teams are going to try to out physical each other and just the way that Sam Pittman I mean I'll give him credit Arkansas has created a physical blue chip blue collar whatever like type of team and and that's that's something to that Auburn is trying to work towards under Brian Harson and and we'll see kind of how we match up against them I, I think it's going to be a good you know test of where we're at with that mentality of needing to grind things out for the full 60 minutes um, at the line of scrimmage. Absolutely. And Arkansas is coming off of a blowout loss on the road to Georgia and a tough heartbreaking loss on the last play of the game Hmm. to Ole Miss where they put up almost 700 yards of offense and scored 51 points. Oh my gosh. So uh, expect this team as they come back to Fayetteville to know that they matter in the SEC 
and that they still have a fighting chance to be one of the better teams. And if you look at it right now, LSU may be at the bottom of the West. Um, Mississippi State is right around there. And then we're right there in the middle in the thick of things with Arkansas Ole Miss. So Arkansas has a chance here to really sediment where they stand. And this means a lot to them uh, as well as to us for both of us coming off of games where we want to rebound. Um, Look, I don't know if this is Arkansas's homecoming game, but they perform very well at home. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be a homecoming for them. So none of us should expect this to be a pushover Arkansas game like it was in the past. No, definitely not. And, and the way, like, honestly, it coming into this last week, before I saw, you know, what they did against Ole Miss, I was thinking, okay, Arkansas, like, they, they're probably just going to run the ball against Auburn. So I was like, okay, cool. We, we can usually stop that, especially if you know, maybe Owen Papo is finally able to come back and play with Zucobi McLean at linebacker. If you got those two guys, we can stop them. But I think the way that they attacked Ole Miss was a lot through the air. And that's a new kind of uh, way of attacking a team that I think was mm-hmm. successful. And, and that part scares me just a little bit, um, just because of, I mean, more recency. We, we've had some blown plays, and wide receivers have been able to get open against Auburn's defense. Um, and so that, that always kind of plagues me, um, hoping that that doesn't happen. Uh, because KJ Jefferson is an athletic, big quarterback. Um, not only can he kind of run a little bit, but he's he's got a pretty good arm too, um, and is accurate with it with the pass. So I, I think there's going to be some good challenges for this defense, and uh, Auburn's offense is going to have to play well too. You you, yep. you you can't just rely on the defense on this game. Um, we're not going not just going to be able to sit on our defense and hope that they you know hold out we got to point some, some good points on the scoreboard against the, this, this Arkansas team. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, just looking at the last game for Ole Miss, they had 350 yards on the ground and 326 yards in the air. Hmm. So you look about balance. That's one thing mm-hmm. you look about the possibility of production. And that's the other uh, KJ Jefferson himself had 800 or uh, 85 yards uh rushing with three touchdowns yeah um and then their top wide receiver uh Traylon Burks he had 136 yards on seven receptions 19.4 average for a touchdown uh he's 6'3 um he's about the same size as KJ Jefferson but his hands are massive (laughs) uh about the size of my head so I mean that's just a big man, and, and he can catch the ball one-handed without an issue. So that's going to be tough for us, especially when we struggle in the secondary. Uh, I feel like we're going to have to sell out on the run again to beat this team, and so we've got to be able to figure out how to man up and cover uh, and make them beat us in the air. Because, mm-hmm. look, K.J. Jefferson, his first thought is to it, – it's this is a running offense. Uh, the first thought is to run and then use the pass when needed. Because they played Ole Miss, they had to open up the pass a lot more. Ole Miss is a pass-heavy team and have a fantastic quarterback. We'll have you guys talk about them when we have to face them the following week. (laughs) Uh, So Arkansas has the ability to be flexible and be productive, and we have to be able to cover both the running game 
where, you know, whether it's KJ Jefferson or Raheem Sanders, like going at it, both of those guys are six foot plus 200 and something pounds. This is a big team. Uh, they're big on the offensive line. They're big on the defensive line and their players are, are quite large. They're big pigs. <laughs> and do, do yeah, they remind you of, cut out for them. do they remind you of big Bert Belima? Uh, not quite like that. I'd say more like, more like Pumbaa from the Lion King. Oh, okay. That's yeah, it. that's, that's how I'm thinking about these guys. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not gonna be an easy game. And Arkansas is on the up and up. Um, Sam Pittman's done some great things there to turn that program around. So this will be a very, very tough fight for us coming up this next weekend. Yeah, definitely. Um, any other kind of players that we should be in, uh, keeping our eye out for Arkansas um, that you think we, we need to make sure you've mentioned Burks um, and KJ Jefferson, any, any other players that you think we should be keeping our eye on? Yeah, I'd say uh, their running back is also very good. Um, let me pull up their stats here. So they've got two guys. It's Raylon Sanders and uh, Traylon Smith. Um, the, the names on this team are amazing. Both those guys have uh, almost 400 yards each, three, three something. And then KJ Jefferson has another 300. So if you look at like the three headed pig where it comes to their running game, that's going to be where we have to really buckle down and make sure that production wise, when the ball goes to them, we're, we're hitting them at the line or behind it. Um, and when we sell out on the run, then we've got to also keep our eyes open for a handful of their other wide receivers because you've got Tyson Morris, who's 6'1", 205, uh, has 204 yards on the year, and also uh, Thompson, their wide receiver. He is 6'3", 205. Warren Thompson uh, has 179 yards on the year. So it's not like they don't have offensive weapons. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to challenge us. Uh, And... We saw last week when we played Georgia, trying to tackle big running backs is a challenge for our team. Uh, we have to group tackle in a lot of these cases. So I feel like it's going to be swarming around that up front and then ensuring that we keep everything in front of us when it comes to the passing game, because it doesn't take much for one of these big wide receivers to reach up and grab a ball. So if that does happen, we can't let it go for an 80 yard touchdown or something like that. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. There's going to be some interesting matchups that I'm sure Auburn staff is going to have to uh, scheme and figure out how are we going to stop? Uh, because I think Arkansas, if they kind of do the same approach as what they did against Ole Miss, they, they could do balance, but I could also see them trying to establish the run game um, and kind of pass as necessary. Um, so there's going to be some weird, really interesting matchups that I think we're going to have to keep an eye on. Um, and a lot of those I think are going to be wide receivers. Um, again, maybe I'm just freaked out because we, we let a lot of guys open last week, but it's, it's something that I think our secondary has issues with uh, minus, I think really, I mean, we, we did pretty well against honestly against LSU, but besides that we've had some issues. Um, so definitely keep an eye on that. Um, Let's talk about our players to watch for Auburn. Ben, who are you going to be watching on Auburn's team on offense uh, for this uh, game against Arkansas? Yeah, for me, um, it's going to be 
Uh, Jarquez Hunter. Mm. And reason for that is he didn't have the greatest game against Georgia. Um, we've seen uh, a lot of big plays from Jarquez over the past few games. And I really feel like he's a game changer. Um, I love Tank Bigsby. I think Tank Bigsby may be one of the best running backs, but Jarquez is right there with him. And uh, if you look at offensive production when it comes to yardage, uh, Jarquez has actually uh, seven more yards on the year than Tank, and his average is uh, 4.4 better. So I'm hoping Jarquez has some of those big explosive run plays. I think Tank is going to be the workhorse like he always is. But I really want us to be able to rely on the running game to be able to open up everything else. And I don't know if that's in Mike Bobo's playbook. So I think Jarquez is my guy. I want some explosive plays. I think he helps us open up the rest of the offense. Yeah, I think – well, I mean, I think we did see a little bit of a bounce back from Tank last week. But – they're, they're still not – he's not 100% like doing what we, we had seen previously. And I think that's where Jarquez has kind of picked up that. And I think we're going to need some, you know, good – he breaks out of a tackle. He just keeps the, the play moving forward. Um, so I'm going to probably be watching Jarquez as well. Um, but I'm going to have to pick another guy uh, because I, I really want to watch um, Demetrius Robertson just mm. with how many – passes that were targeted towards him this last week and uh, he just wasn't able to come down with them i i think he is just because his of his leadership on on the wide receiver room like i think he's got a he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder and say every pass coming away for this arkansas game i'm coming down um, and if that's the case our wide receivers um, will also feed off of that and i think that's that's a contagious thing when you see your other wide receivers catching the ball it's a contagious thing and you, you want to catch the net, next pass um, coming your way. Um, let's talk about defense. Who are you going to be watching on defense for Auburn? Yeah. So uh, on the defensive side, there's so many great players that we have that I could pick from, whether it's uh, Wooten or Wooden or McLean pocket. Uh, I don't know if Poe is going to be in, but I'm not going to go with any of those guys. I want to go with smoke Monday. And the reason for that is, Last game against Georgia, he had to make a tackle where the mailman, Stetson Bennett, was running the ball and going to the ground. And yes, he may have led with his helmet, but it was a difficult position in order to take him out. Right. I don't technically know what you do there. Um, if you, I'm, you, you stand there almost well, like a I mean, like, yeah, what do you do? Like you, turn around and throw your back into the guy? Like, I don't it, know. It kind of like, reminds me of like, in basketball like a charge like you stand in front of him that doesn't work in football like (laughs) it doesn't you get run over (laughs) yeah then you make the not top 10 list so like i think that smoke monday will be first you know after that play um him going taking off his pads and being on the sideline he was energized he was leading the defense even from the sideline Mm -hmm. so i love the passion there i think he'll come out after having to watch us lose to Georgia on the sideline and play lights out. And we're going to need him because if we're going to sell out on stopping the run, someone's got to be there to cover Burks and company. No doubt. So uh, I'm taking smoke Monday. Um, If he can get us an interception back in the safety position, then uh, that'll be a game changer. 
Oh yeah. And, and I, we've, we've had some turnovers on defense this year. Um, I want to see smoke get, get one for himself. He's done it in previous games. I just want to see him doing it again. Yeah. Uh, the guy I'm going to be watching is Jacoby McLean. Uh, just for the sole sake, I, I think they Arkansas will try to establish the run game, um, just being a physical team. And Zacoby has been previously a good run stopper. Uh, he just has a good knack for where the ball is going and uh, gets our, our guys lined up so that we stop it. Um, and, and last week he ended up only having three tackles. So I, I think there's uh, going to be some – he needs to prove himself for this game and, and he'll want to um, against an Arkansas team that he knows is going to run the ball a lot. Let's switch to special teams. Who are you going to be watching on special teams? Uh, yeah. So I don't remember who our return guys are. It's usually for punt returns, Dem- Demetrius Robertson. That's what I was thinking. Uh huh. But who, who does kickoffs? Cause I don't, it's, I don't expect there to be a ton of punting in this game, if I'm it's being honest. Shivers <laughs> and usually Jarquez back there. Okay. So look, I'll I'll call on Shivers because he is a little bowling ball. Um, I think he has the ability to make plays as long as he receives the ball properly. Um, not gonna say anything against him from the Georgia game, but just grab that ball and run with it like you are one. <laughs> and uh, I want to see Shivers make some game-changing plays, putting us in a good position and potentially running one back. Yeah, that would be fun. And he's he's got – and, again, I think if he's able to break one, his top-end speed is – nobody's catching him. It's yep. just nobody's catching him. Um, the guy I'm going to be watching on special teams, um, I, I'm going to put it on Anders because I I honestly think this might be a pretty close game, closer than Auburn fans probably want it to be. Um, but – Arkansas is a good team, and we're probably going to have to kick at least one field goal, if not a, a few. Um, so I think honors is going to be key and uh, putting us a, in a good spot um, to get the W. Yeah, and to your point there, like remember last season, this was a field goal win, like a last-second field mm-hmm. goal, and that was a Felipe Franks-led Arkansas team. So I would say the level of talent at quarterback was probably half of what it is right now. So – uh, KJ Jefferson and company is going to play a very strong and sturdy game and they're going to make it tough. So you're right. Um, look, field goal. I, I think we're three and a half point dogs right now when it comes to the, the Vegas line. So field goal is really where Vegas thinks we lose. We lose by three. Um, I think that's probably wrong. Uh, and we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah, it is, could very well come down to a field goal so great pick there with Anders all right let's get into our score predictions for this Arkansas team and then we'll get into um the final topic on uh looking around the SEC and then maybe even a little bit bigger than that um but let's get into our score predictions Ben what's your score predictions for uh this game yeah so I think we win by three uh I think we cover in that sense and our score will be 34-31 34 31. Okay. I think it's a high scoring game. Uh, I think we figure out how to put it in the end zone. That's going to be our biggest thing coming off of, you know, the, the struggles that we had against Georgia. I think we correct that. Um, but I don't think we're able to actually slow down this Arkansas offense either. Yeah. I think the Arkansas offense from what I've seen has been pretty explosive. Like a lot of the plays have been 30, 40 yards 
Um, and, and I expect them to do that against us. Um, and, and if we don't, it could be, like you said, a very high scoring game. Um, I think it might be a, not as high scoring as that. I think it'll be somewhere in the twenties, like 24, 21, but it, I think they have the capability to score up to you know 30 something points. Um, so I, I'm going to predict Auburn wins by three points preseason. I said 10 points, but I think we're seeing a different Arkansas team than what we kind of knew about them preseason. Um, also shout out Jared. Um, his uh, preseason was Auburn's winning by 10. Um, he's actually sticking with that. He said it, Auburn's going to win. Good man. Uh, 27, 17. Look um, at this. I, I leave and I, I gave my Homer badge over to <laughs> Jared and he has run with it. So he, uh, he's barning harder than you've been. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jared. I appreciate it. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Um, let's get into our final segment here to round out the day. Um, let's talk about an Auburn fan perspective of the SEC. Ben, this is when we put our orange and blue sunglasses, look around the SEC, and uh, just observe what's going on. Absolutely. Um, I know you got to watch a lot of the games. Um, I was uh, at the game. Um, got to watch some of the highlights throughout the day. Stayed up late to watch the Bama game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start out with that one because I think that one's a really exciting game. You, you don't want to save that one for the end? Let's see that one's let's, let's hold one. it for the end. Good. Yeah, yeah let's, let's do that. Switch that up. Let's start with uh let's start with the team we're about to play where they played Ole Miss. So yeah. Arkansas Ole Miss. Um that was a battle of the ages. Uh I was not expecting it to kind of come down like this and look with uh the lane train and what he's got going on at Ole Miss both these teams are pretty scary. And the fact that they were able to put up so much offense, I think it was the highest scoring game or second highest, one of the two uh, in that rivalry history. And, you know, when, when you have over 103 points scored <laughs> in a matchup where it very well could have gone to overtime and been decided there, uh, it's something special. So I, I'm very intrigued with the way the SEC West is is kind of shaken out. 
these two teams battled it out. They both came off of really bad losses where they just got their faces stomped in, hmm. whether it was Arkansas getting beat like 47 nothing by Georgia or Ole Miss, who was actually beat like 42 to seven until they had two like late touchdowns in that game. So uh, both of them had demoralizing losses and then put on a, a fight versus each other. So yeah. that's something that I think, you know, it, it just raises the bar for the SEC and just shows really how any team can win anytime and uh, some fun opponents we're going to be facing the next few weeks. Yeah, I think pretty much in the SEC West, any team can win. Now, yep. I'm, I'm not sure Except about maybe Missouri. <laughs> On the east side, Missouri and Vandy. Like I don't. Oh my gosh! Can we go to Vandy next? (laughs) Yeah, that would be that would be nice if we could just play them um, instead of any other SEC West team that we're about to face. But you know, that's that's the way the cards are this year for us. We're playing some tough teams coming like for the last six weeks of our schedule. Also, did it just hit? It just hit me. We're halfway through the season. We are. Man, crazy time flies. Time does fly, especially football season. And we're, you know, we're halfway there. And before you know it, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, bowl games and where are we going, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, let's talk about, I think, another fun one. And this one, um, I, honestly, I thought LSU might come out a little bit better. But Ooh. Kentucky beat LSU. Yep. 42, 40, or 21. So, like, living by 21 points, LSU is now 3-3. Three and three. Kentucky is a perfect six and zero. Oh. Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> uh, not I. Um, I thought Kentucky was going to have some drop off, but yeah, Mark Stoops and company over there have just been. You know, you think of Kentucky as a basketball powerhouse, mm-hmm. and the fact that they have made them this competitive in football is something impressive that that should be celebrated for the SEC. Because a few years ago, you would have been like, all right, if we want to make us a premier football conference. Kentucky's probably one of those teams like Vandy that probably need to go elsewhere. <laughs> yes. uh, but now Kentucky's a decent team uh, and definitely beat LSU better than we did. Um, Mark Stoops and his group of, of players just, I mean, here's one thing is like Coach O and LSU, he's almost lost this team, which kind of sucked for him. Uh, I almost feel like we're going to see another Gene Chizik situation where the coach a couple years after a, a national championship just goes to the wayside. Um, so sad day for Coach O. But, yeah, Kentucky smacking around LSU. I loved it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only bad part is now it looks like our LSU loss – or LSU win wasn't as good. But, yeah, we still beat LSU down in Baton Rouge, and I feel like yeah. that's something to be still be celebrated. Yeah. Like, even, even this week, after losing to Georgia, I still think we should still be celebrating the LSU win because it was monumental. It's a big thing that three coaches previously had not done. Well, I guess Tubbs in his first year, but you know that's a lot of coaches, a lot of teams yeah, that just twenty-two years. It everything, all the players, or at least all the younger players on the team, most of the players weren't even alive. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't time. alive. Yep. So uh, yeah, you're right. Um, regardless of how bad LSU is this season, we should still celebrate that victory because yeah. it could very well be us that are three and three. Yeah, and having lost that game, oh, it definitely could have been instead of us being four and two now. Um, let's talk about uh, Kentucky just a little bit because they've got Georgia coming up. They are looking like a hot team. Maybe take down Georgia. I mean, 
what do you think about that? Do you think it's possible? Because I think the line right now is pretty atrocious um, for that game. I don't think they pull it off, but do you give it even a a chance that Kentucky somehow comes out with a win? A two loss Texas A&M team just beat Alabama. So (laughs) I say that uh, anything is possible. It's going to have to be Mark Stoops best coach game of his life. Uh, as well as the best played game of the lives of all the players on Kentucky's team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because that Georgia team is very good and they can beat you in every facet of the game. They are big. They are strong. They are fast. Uh, Good luck, Kentucky. Yeah. Because Georgia right now is a 23 and a half point favorite. (laughs) That's a lot to come back from just because they're, you know, Vegas is just looking at the numbers. How are they matching up against each other? And all signs are pointing towards this This is not going to be good for Kentucky, but who knows? I mean, I've been on teams personally where we, we have been just on fire. We we may have been playing out of our minds and that carries a lot of weight, even when your talent may be lacking. In, in some sense it does. Uh, I think this game is back in Georgia. Yes. So uh, that's hard. If you think back a couple weeks, a team that was playing out of their mind and just beating powerhouses that they shouldn't have been was Arkansas hmm. when they beat Texas uh, and who who went toe-to-toe with Oklahoma yeah. in a game where they almost won that one, almost should have in some cases. Um, and they beat Texas A&M, who just beat Alabama. So Arkansas was flying high, went into Georgia – and got punched in the face and stomped on. Oh, yeah. And beat by almost 50 when they didn't score a point. So, yeah, uh, I tend to lean towards Vegas in this one because I was hoping that, and I think uh, Arkansas was an 18-point dog then, Mm. and I thought Arkansas would keep it closer. There's a good chance that Kentucky goes into Georgia and doesn't score a point. Wow. But – they could also keep it close, and I would not be surprised if they pulled an upset. Yeah, yeah, I can see it go both ways, which is weird. Like, I honestly don't see it being like a two touchdown game or something. You no, know, it's going to be like they get blown out, or they're going to somehow win it. Yeah, let's talk about Florida beating Vandy. Oh, Vandy, they got shut <sighs> out again, <laughs> forty-two to nothing. Yep. So I've got a lot of thoughts on this one. Um, I think Vanderbilt should start recruiting more women because the <laughs> boys kickers? just aren't getting it done. Not as any position. <laughs> look, look, there's more and more uh, ladies in high school uh, taking on the, the helmet and pads and Vanderbilt is the best place for them. Because look, if the boys you are currently recruiting can't do anything right now, then I think you should open it up and you know what? Let a spark come in. So Vanderbilt is the most pathetic program in the SEC. And if people are looking at the lines, they just get blown out week after week after week. They do have a a game coming up against South Carolina, who may be the second worst team in the SEC. (laughs) And so that one will be a nail biter. They're Um, they're rivaling uh, Missouri (laughs) as who's, who's at the bottom. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd say Missouri is better than both of them. Um, Head to head, I don't know if I haven't followed the East. I don't care about the East as much as I do the West. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 
yeah, Vandy sucks. So good for Florida for rebounding. Um, they had a, a bad loss to Kentucky. So what are your thoughts on that game? I mean, I'm looking at some of the stats here. It doesn't look absolutely atrocious for Vandy, but when you can't even put a touchdown or a field goal or a field goal up, like put a, put some points on the board. That is just, I mean, that, that's just a terrible game. Um, I mean, the stats show that you should lose, but like I would have expected at least a touchdown. So maybe that's a credit to Florida's defense. I didn't necessarily get to watch this game. But. Yeah, well, Ken Seals, their quarterback, had almost 200 yards, but two interceptions. Uh, Smith, the running back, only had 75 yards. Uh, they spread the ball around a good bit. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking at the win probability. Uh, Florida started out 100% and didn't change. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it's just – come on, Vandy, you got to do better. Wow. <laughs> to start off 100% against another SEC opponent, and <laughs> that's just insane. Insane. Yeah, Vandy lost – no, did they they beat UConn. Okay, so that's good. So they beat the worst team in college football. <laughs> um, But they lost to ETSU. Who the heck is this? Eastern Tennessee first... State University. Oh, is that – oh, my gosh. <laughs> They lost to a one double A team yeah. at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Great. Um, let's talk about uh Tennessee beating South Carolina a little bit. They beat uh Tennessee did win and and they look pretty good doing it. Forty five to twenty. Um South Carolina, I think again, is kind of like a bottom feeder, at least right now, of the S of, of the SEC East. But yep. I th- they have signs for improvement. At least they didn't get completely shut out like Vandy. <laughs> But that they they've got a and this is where I think South Carolina is going to improve. Their recruiting is going to pick up. They're going to get more talent. Um, they've not had that for a long time. When you get the talent in there, they're going to improve. So I, I expect in the next two three years, we we see South Carolina start rivaling you know uh, the teams that are at the top of the SEC East. You know, you can pump rainbows into their butts all day long. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen for the Gamecocks. So uh, one thing is Baby Beamer over there. My bet is having him as the next coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies. And when we talk about Hokies, they're going to make a couple appearances here because Hinden Hooker for Tennessee is a transfer from Virginia Tech. So I feel like Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks, he was probably looking across the field saying, you know what, that guy was a Hokie, I was a Hokie, I should probably go back and be another Hokie. So uh that's that's my thoughts on South Carolina and their their uh, their near future. Um, they are definitely a bottom feeder, and Tennessee they've gone through some challenges. They've had a couple changes at quarterback based on injuries. Um, Hinden Hooker did not expect him to play at all because they had a, a good transfer from Michigan who was going to be the starter. Um, his name is slipping my mind right now, but uh, he did well the first couple games before he got injured and. With the receiving core that Tennessee has built out, um, Hooker just has to throw it up and have a guy make a play, which is great. And so uh, that's why I think we need to grab that coach. Get Cody Burns back over into the orange and blue. Heck yeah. From that puke Tennessee. Um, that wide receiver core is impressive at Tennessee right now. And I think I think they are going to continue to, you know, beat mediocre teams in the East because of it. Yeah, we need to get Cody Burns back. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm – just chewing on it. <laughs> I want to get Cody Burns back so bad. Yep. Um, let's talk about the last one, and then we're probably not going to talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. We will. Um, but before that, Missouri beat 
Northern Texas, 48, 38, 35. Okay, whatever. That's right. Um, and let's talk about the last one, the one we've been yep. kind of holding off because this was the premier game. Um, it went almost till midnight Eastern time. Oh, man. Bama versus late. Texas A&M. Yep. Ben, I got home after the Georgia game, was able to watch the last quarter of it. But, but what did you think? Because I, I kept getting score updates, and I was like, what? Bama's down, and they keep getting down? <laughs> what the heck? Um, like, just thinking, okay, Bama's going to figure things out. They did it for, you know, some of it that I was watching. But Texas A&M was just like, nah, we got this. Yep. Look, uh, Alabama looked probably as good as they could in a loss, and it very easily could have gone the other way. Uh, Alabama had the ball in their hands to make a play and get down to kick a field goal late in that game, and they couldn't couldn't convert on third down. So um, hats off to Texas A&M. The, the team came in with two losses and didn't let that uh, kind of keep them from performing and playing their best game of the year. Yeah, no doubt. And they had a great game plan going into it. They mixed up um, formations, disguising the defense. Uh, they were able to be very productive on the ground as well as in the air. Uh, look, their running back is one of the best in the SEC, um, Isaiah Spiller. And then uh, Carl Zada, um, their quarterback, he had to fill in for whatever the first guy was. So oh, yeah. this is only this is only like his third start. Yep. Um, and for him to come out and have the poise that was needed to get it to the players, have that run pass option. Like, and here's the thing. It wasn't just the offensive and defensive performance. Special teams got in there too. You know, Alabama tied it up late in the game, mm-hmm. or at least got close to it. And right then and there, there's a, a kick return going the other way. And there were two touchdowns scored within a matter of 14 seconds of game time. Cool. Crazy. And like, the fact that Texas A&M got hot, came up, came hot, got hot, went up, and had the fight to stick into it the whole way. Um, Alabama played a great game, and even in a loss, looked as good as we know they are. Texas A&M just played better. Mm-hmm. And, like, way to go, A&M. I hate Texas A&M, but I love to see Alabama lose, so I'm all for it. Oh, yeah. So I'm so for that. Um, I did want to kind of throw a couple of crazy stats that I saw. Well, for, first one, I feel like probably most people have at least seen this headline. This was the first former assistant of Nick Saban yep. to actually beat him. Yeah, that, that's. I feel like it was it was bound to happen sooner or later, and uh, Jimbo was finally able to do that. Twenty four straight games prior, this was number twenty five, and wow. Jimbo called this in the the preseason too. Is that wow. one of the stats you're going to bring up? No, that that's a good one though. Even yeah, then, that's uh, crazy. Do you remember when um what was it? The he said, Don't worry, we're gonna kick their butts while he's still there. Using oh, yeah, other yeah. other verbiage. And then they told <laughs> that to Saban and Saban was like in golf. Oh my. And now looking back on that with this uh in the limelight, like hilarious. Oh, no doubt. Uh that just what a great story in the SEC. Yeah, definitely. Give me some um, of the other stats. Let me eat them up. Yeah, so another crazy stat. Texas A&M is the first unranked team to beat Nick Saban in Alabama 
since 2007. Yeah, was that when they? Years. Gosh, that's incredible. Uh, they lost to the the Warhawks or whatever they are of Louisiana Monroe, right? Yeah, Eula Monroe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's how long it's been, and that kind of just shows you Alabama has beaten lots and lots of teams that are unranked. You know, without having to you know bat another eye. I think it was um, 99 straight unranked victories. Wow. And this was like number, it was number 25 of facing teams of prior uh, assistance and then number 100 of facing unranked teams. Wow. And both of them spoiled those records, which is pretty great. That's crazy. And here's another crazy stat. It's not really a stat. It's more of a just factoid is Jimbo. It was his birthday. So. Oh, really? He got a win on his birthday. Oh, happy birthday to that guy. <laughs> I hate that guy. Yeah. Happy birthday to him. But, hey, here's another thing. So, Bama next week playing Mississippi State. That, I expect Bama to take out some aggression on Mississippi State. I I think Mississippi State might get shut out. There's a possibility of it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good chance. Look, the Pirates not the best coach, and that's not the best team. Uh, on the flip side, Texas A&M plays Missouri, and I would give Missouri a chance to be competitive in that game because Texas A&M left it all on the field, man. Yeah. Like, there's got to be a hangover from this um, after that matchup. So it'll be interesting next week as we look at the matchups coming forward. Yeah. I, I honestly kind of expect halfway through the game, like, there's going to be a closer score than we thought. Um, but Texas A&M will kind of you know wake up from that get days you know oh, yeah, after I'm sure. they, they second half had adjustments yeah all right any other topics you want to talk about before we get out of here uh yeah the the top 10 it's kind of put this a little bit of a flip on its head um here's the thing is alabama now has to beat georgia to make it into the playoff so i think that's very interesting um it definitely shows that alabama's beatable and uh, i know this is going on the e2c chat last night after that win but gives Auburn fans a lot of hope we have Alabama coming into uh, Jordan-Harris Stadium where we don't just have a 12th man but we have 14 uh, so uh, that's how be- much better our home stadium is than <laughs> Texas A&M so just take that Aggies um, I'm, I'm excited for the Iron Bowl man It's uh, I know it's a ways off we got other games to focus on prior but gives me hope yeah definitely I'm just excited to get back out there. I feel like after any kind of loss, you, you're just wanting to get back out and fix things. And this is going to be a good game to do that. Um, so looking forward to seeing how Auburn responds um, against Arkansas um, and hoping to come out with a win. Then uh, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? Yeah, you guys can find me anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G. And then if you like statistical breakdowns of college football games, uh, come listen to CJ and I as we break down five games each week on full press coverage money line. And uh, you can find me on Twitter A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Beat the hogs.
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.